Want to hear how a wife and mom of two boys became a multi-million entrepreneur with a legacy business? Tune into this episode of This Passionate Life where I interview Stacy McGovern and here are some gold nugget tips such as don't expect to be an overnight success. Be of service always. Be willing to put the time in and believe in yourself and know your strengths. Most of all, to grow, you can't afford to not pay others to help you. Listen in. Welcome. This is This Passionate Life. I'm Stephanie, your host, the Passions to Profits coach, and excited about all things related to helping you turn your passions into profits. And today I'm super excited. I've got Stacey McGovern here with us. She and I met through a collaborative project and it's one of those things, it's like kismet. It's like you're meant to meet certain people in your life. For sure. And I'm here to talk with her about how she helped turn her passions into profits and actually helped create a legacy business. So here she is. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on your, your brand new podcast. Yay, me too. I'm so excited. So please start out by telling us a little bit about yourself. So I'm a small town girl, self-proclaimed, <laughs> grew up in Abilene, Texas. And um, for those of you that are not from Texas, it's a town where there's literally an Air Force base and a couple of colleges and that's it. So um, very small town about, I don't know, maybe 90,000 people. And, um, but had a, had a family that was just all entrepreneurs. Um, my mom, I, I refer to her as the original badass because she uh, uh, grew one retail store into a chain of six. Um, all in Abilene, Texas. And, um, and so I just think that I always had a, that bone in my body, if you will, and um, always knew um, I wanted to own my own business and work for myself um, someday, just never knew exactly what that thing was going to be. Yeah, I love it. Especially having a strong female role model, your mom doing something. If I think about that, 90,000 people and she grew it to six retail stores. That's really impressive. Exactly. It says a lot. <laughs> It's a lot. And, you know, I was sort of small minded thinking, you know, I would probably do the same thing right there in Abilene, not really realizing that, hey, there's bigger markets out there. There's, there's a lot more people and it doesn't have to be that difficult. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I got my cat here too. I probably got my niece, so I got a little visitor. So uh, tell us a little bit more about the company that you have now. Yeah, let's just start with that. So, yeah, I'm the wife of a police officer. So in um, 2012, I just came up with this idea that, you know, police officers, a lot of them, at least in Texas, I don't know about everywhere, but at least in Texas, a lot of them don't make much money. So they really rely on off-duty work to make ends meet, if you will. So, you know, we really budgeted on off-duty work that my husband would get to help with those unexpected expenses. You know, those, those unexpected costs every month are really the ones that kill us, right? So he would get some off-duty work, but it would be very random. We never knew when it was coming. We never knew when he was going to get paid from it. So it was really hard to budget and sort of be the, the CEO of my family, if you will. So I just came up with this idea and I just said, you know, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way where there's like a marketplace for off-duty work where these officers can go and pick and choose as much or as little work as they want. And I believed in this idea. I really thought I could make it work. And um, I spent two years of my life um, trying to get it going. And then um, in September of 2014, I won or landed our first contract for $1.5 million. And that was the big, big launch of the company. So I literally went from 
lease wife and commission salesperson to CEO of a multi-million dollar company overnight. That's incredible. I mean, you make it sound so easy too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I stressed two years because I was working a full-time job, raising two boys, being the wife of a police officer who was never around and trying to build a side hustle, um, you know, into a, a real company. So yeah, yeah, easy. It definitely was. And, and, you know, I hear a lot of people nowadays, they say, Oh, she must've got really lucky. And that, that is infuriates me because luck had nothing to do with it. It was all tenacity, hard work, continuing to reach out, continuing to try to convince people that my idea was, um, you know, the, the resolution in the marketplace. Yeah. So this is what I love. This is what I love talking about with you because this idea that you can, you know, be some people are great. Maybe you can be an overnight success, but for the majority of people, it is going to take grit. It's going to take tenacity. It's going to take, you talk about you're a mom, you've got your kids, you've got this brand new idea. And I also want to pick up on the idea that you sort of had to really believe in yourself. You had to kind of convince people that this was actually a thing. Is this, is this sort of new? That's something I'm not familiar with, like how new this concept is. Well, it's, it's new to Texas. Uh -huh. I don't know. I don't know if other, other states have something like this, but you know, it kind of comes along the lines of all the apps now that where you can go hire a contractor to, to walk your dog or to come clean your house or whatever. It's sort of the, the same type concept, just having a marketplace um, for police for their off-duty work and in Texas you know we say there's there's two seasons right there's highway construction and winter so I knew that on highway construction jobs they use police officers to keep the construction workers safe as well as the citizens safe so they do lane closures and they follow along on the construction work just to keep the citizens out of the the mix and so I knew I knew there was a need there so I knew they needed police officers and and I knew how they were doing it in the past. So I, I really had to come up with this pitch of, well, you can get the same quality officers, but go through my company and have one point of contact and one invoice monthly and relieve the stress off your, your project manager of having to hire and schedule all these police officers. And when you put it to them like that, they're like, oh my gosh, that, that will free up basically a full-time position in my company for someone to go do something that's more revenue generating, right? And not just, you know, trying to manage a hundred police officers. So, you know, I really believed in the idea. I believed it would work. Um, my husband being a police officer had the police contacts. I had the corporate sales experience. So it was just kind of meshing it all together and, and um, making it work and, and just not giving up. You know, there was times along the, the two years where, you know, you kind of go, gosh, should I, you know, should I really be doing this? I could be spending time with my family or I could be, you know, um, you know, doing whatever. And I just said, no, you know, I want to change my life. And, and, you know, you are the only person that can truly change your life. Um, you know, it's, it's on you. And my mom was a big, she always said that she's like, if you want to change it, you're the only one that can do it. And it's true. And mm -hmm. so I just believe that I could do it and, um, just stuck with it. And it all kind of fell into place. Well, when I, so what I love about this too is that you were solution oriented. This is really important starting a business. You were solution oriented to your family. You were solving a problem for your family, but also thinking broader picture, solving a problem for all these police officers who 
you would for it would benefit from off-duty work and in the highway construction or if it's you know a, a private company that that needs that security that right. they're benefiting too so what i love is that you took that idea of having a problem and i know so many people out there that are looking for something to fill in the gaps to looking for a side mm -hmm. hustle or to look for a way to uh, just broaden their reach monetarily. And it's just so important to not think about just something that I'm passionate about, but how is that serving a need, which clearly you are. So I love that. Right. And you have to, you know, people ask me all the time, how do I do what you did? Well, and I, I, exactly what you just said. Step number one is find a problem in the marketplace mm -hmm. um, for something you're passionate about and solve it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because that, that's the key. I mean, and then, and then have the perfect process to implement it. Um, yeah. It's all about, you know, filling a need, filling a gap, and then having a process that's absolutely flawless. Yeah. So when you started this, um, I mean, I don't know if you knew exactly how this is all going to pan out, but how did you, if you didn't know everything, how did you figure out how to do this? Like if someone has an idea and they're just not quite sure how to make it happen, we can kind of get stuck in that analysis paralysis. How did you just jump in and start? Well, you just can't be scared to talk to people. Yeah. You just, you got to put yourself out there. I've never, that's, you know, one of my great um, attributes is I've, I'm not, I'm not scared to tell anyone anything or talk to anybody. You know, I, I, I talk to a, a CEO the same way I talk to, you know, the lady that cleans my house. I mean, it's, you just have to be willing to um, make those cold calls. Hey, look, this is my idea. This is what I'm thinking and, and let them tell you, you know, I was going to these, gigantic multi-million dollar highway construction companies and saying this is this is what I want to do and you know and then they kind of guided me along the way um, but you could see as I'm telling them what, what my plan is the light bulb sort of going off in their heads going oh my gosh mm -hmm. this would be so great for us if this you know if, if she could make this happen mm -hmm. and so you know the company that finally gave me the 1.5 million dollar contract I probably met with them oh my gosh probably 12 times I mean there was no just overnight, but they never along the whole process, they never said to me, oh, we're definitely going to go with you or, you know, this is definitely going to, going to happen. Um, I had absolutely no idea when FedEx rang the doorbell with that 300 page contract, that that's, that was happening, you know? Um, so I'd love to have that on video, just <laughs> your reaction. I know. Yeah. Well, it's the moment when you go, wait, wait, how many, how many zeros are in a million and like yeah. what? And then, you know, then reality sets in and you have to sit down and read this 300 page contract and figure out if you can even meet the terms and, mm -hmm. um, you know, how you're going to move forward. So it's kind of one of those things to be careful what you wish for because mm -hmm. it just might happen. And right. for me, for me, it did. So yeah, it was a process. So were there, so talk about any fears. Are, are you someone who had any fears along the way or did you ever feel like, like you talk about tenacity, it, you know, it takes tenacity to stick with your vision, especially when you get some no's or, you know, when you mentioned talking with that company so many times, let's say you're someone in sales, you might have to have a touch point with someone. I think it's like at least seven times before they may say yes or want what you have to offer. Right. So sometimes people make that one phone call and they give up then they get a no. Right. But how, like, talk a little bit about any fears you might have had or how you were able to kind of keep going. Well, I, I'm not a real fearful person, but um, I just, I, I believed in the idea, I think is the main key. Mm -hmm. And I really um, saw the benefit 
not just for me, but for that, I was really helping them as well, as well as the officer. So it's kind of a win-win for everyone. And I think that's, I think that's a real, um, you know, point that you should take is, you know, it can't just be solving your problem. You can't just be selling, you know, a widget. You have to have, you, you have to, if, if it's a service industry, I'm saying you have to have a plan of, you know, how is this going to benefit everyone? And what is, what is this going to make different in everyone involved's world? Um, and yes, you, you absolutely, especially for something like a, a huge contract, you have to build trust. And then trust does not come on one visit. Um, right. So yeah, you have to keep going back and keep visiting and keep talking to them. And, and, and maybe that, that company is not the sale, but maybe they know someone that, that is the sale or, you know, that you can help. So that you make exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and the most frustrating thing I, I hear from people is they say, well, you know, I want to do what you did, but um, I don't want to work on weekends. And I, and I turned my phone off at five o'clock and um, you're never, ever going to do what I did. If that's what you do. <laughs> I mean, I was waiting for that call 24 seven, you know, highway construction, they're working at night. So, I mean, I was available anytime they wanted to discuss what, what we were going to offer. So, you know, it's all, it's all the work that you're willing to put into it. Yeah. So along with that belief, along with believing in yourself. So I really like hearing you say that because for anyone who wants to go for their dreams or a lot of people is sort of within an entrepreneurial world hitting that six figure mark to do that, you have to be willing to have the discipline Right. to be up at night or, and, and also you've got little kids to have that trust that this is going to pay off to trust yourself enough to say I can take two years to manage this with my family because I believe in it enough for all right. of us so well in two years in the big picture is not very much time I mean right. when you really look at you know that's not that much time yeah so, but I, I hear entrepreneurs all the time you know say I don't think I'm going to make it and then I said well how long have you been doing it in the four months, you know, three months, I'm like, oh my gosh, you, you know, you haven't, you haven't even started yet. Mm -hmm. It takes, it takes more than that. I mean, it just does. And sometimes you got to have a side hustle for your side hustle and, you know, you've got to be willing to do whatever it takes. And if you're only willing to work one job and you're only willing to, to, you know, um, turn your phone off at 5 PM and all those little things, it's probably not going to happen for you. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it just takes more than that. And, and, you know, now that I have the successful company, you know, now I have the free time and, and I have the funds and I have, you know, my life is, is 180 different than it was back then. Um, but I put in the work to get there. So. Right. And not only that, and that's where, uh, one, you've, you have, you have created a legacy company. And when I talk about that, we're talking about a company that you would be able to pass on to your sons if they wanted to, or sell it because right. it's successful. It's like its own deal. So you can sell that or pass it down and you have created a nonprofit. So please tell us a little bit more about the nonprofit. And just be, uh, not, so one more thing is that just the thing about this is I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs who they really want to give back. They keep talking about when they reach a certain place, they can give back. And a little caveat, we can always give back no matter where we are. But right. I do love that you're in a big place to give back in a huge way. So tell us more about that. Yeah, in um, 2017, um, after we'd have a few years of success, my husband and I just looked at each other and we said, we want to do more. You know, we've been s seriously blessed and uh, seriously fortunate that all this has gone the way it has. And just so everyone knows, I've run, I've started other businesses in the past that 
weren't successful at all. We're total failures. But, you know, I learned from that and I moved on. And, and this one's happened to be a success, which has a lot to do with timing in life also. But so we looked at each other and we said, you know, how can we do more? How can we pay this forward or give this back? You know, my grandfather always said, you get what you give in life. And it's so true. What you put out there is what comes back to you for sure. Mm-hmm. So we decided to, to self-fund our own nonprofit, uh, Blue Family Fund, which provides scholarships for dependents of first responders that want to further their education, and then financial aid for families of first responders that want um, that have fallen or injured uh, officers in their family that need some some assistance financially um, during that trying time. Mm-hmm. So the first, um, well, I mean, we've only been in existence two years, but so to date, we've been able to help um, seven families um, of fallen or injured officers and given out three scholarships. So we're pretty excited. You know, it, it takes time to build a nonprofit and a, and a reputation that people want to give to. Um, so, but we're totally different. We don't take any salaries or anything out of the nonprofit. So literally every dollar that's donated goes directly to help a family. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Thank you so much for doing that. That's, I love this, letting other people who are listening know about this and are Thank aware you. of it. So if they choose they, to, they can give to you and they can give to your fund. And also knowing that it is, it's a full nonprofit, that you are giving the proceeds completely to these families and the scholarships. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Our, our most recent scholarship was, at, um, was in December at the First Responders Bowl here in in Dallas at SMU uh, Stadium, and we gave out a $5,000 scholarship to the daughter of a first responder that's going to pursue nursing at Texas Tech. So yeah, we're pretty excited. I love yeah, it. that was our biggest, our biggest scholarship to date, so we were real excited to be yeah, able to do that. Yeah, that's huge. So tell me a little bit more about, I, I really feel that people's uh, businesses should really re- reflect their personalities too, because you can look out there at the world and see a gajillion ways to make a lot of money, right? But how can you make the money in a way that works with you? Like some people are really great working behind a screen and other people need to be out there just really social and talking with others. So you want it to be a match. So tell me a little bit more about how your personality matches your business. Well, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I have a husband that is the um, Excel spreadsheet kind of brain, which I'm not. (laughs) And so we, we have a great partnership because he can do, he has the process down for the scheduling and hiring and all that for the police officers um, down to, you know, perfect, perfection, whatever. The process is, uh, you know, crazy good. And then I am, um, like you said, I'm the people person. I'm out there. I'm talking to people. So I'm the sales face of the company and he's kind of the behind the scenes and um, it just works for us. Um, I love talking to people. I love getting out there. But I'm also a passionate police wife. You know, I really, law enforcement is a big family once you get into it. And police officers are very loyal. Um, they really like to do business and stick with businesses that they know and, and that support police. And, you know, some of the things that have gone on in the media in the last few years have really um, been disheartening. You know, um, it's really sad, kind of the the way the media has spun some situations and, and, and there's been bad apples as well that, you know, but there's a bad apple in every, um, every line of work. So, you know, I think it's a combination of, of a couple of bad apples and, and some media um, coverage of certain things that have really given some police a really, really bad name. And there's been a lot of ambushed police officers and things that just 
just shouldn't happen. So I'm very passionate about that. I'm passionate about really um, sharing the good guys, the ones that um, show up every day, put their lives on the line for very little money in a small town police department in Texas and really rely on this off-duty work to put braces on the teeth of their kids or to ever give their family a vacation or any of those things that um, we all deserve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, uh, I really appreciate too, when I see just videos of police that are, it's like the other side of it, like they're right. out in the community and they're helping or they're shooting hoops with some kids. And, exactly. uh, and I do like too, they come to my kid's school. And so the, the kids get to meet the police and see how they are officers of the peace. So it just creates a little bit less of a divide that right. may have been portrayed with the media, which we know can spin things in certain ways. So, right. Yeah. Well, and any, anything can be spun. Yeah. Any, yeah. A variety of different ways. I just think, I just never thought I would see a time in my life where there was disrespect for law enforcement. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's really frustrating to me. Um, but um, my, you know, my avenue for that is just to show the good guys, show, show the other side of it and just try to get that out there as well, because there are a lot of good guys out there that are really um, doing good things and, and working hard, um, you know, for, for the citizens. Yeah. Yeah. And even being on here and talking about it is just creating that awareness and, and remembering that as well. Exactly. So, yeah. So, okay. One thing that I really want to talk about is with your personality and you talk a little bit about how it's luckily it's your husband. You can outsource some of the tech stuff too, but you, you're a connector. You're really social. You're really great with people. And one thing I love going on, you know what I'm talking about here? I love this about you, which really surprised me for some reason. I don't know why. But um, I, got on, I get on Facebook and I see you on TikTok. So I got to turn the volume up. And like, it's the best, cutest, most adorable <laughs> one part of my day is when I see you on TikTok. So oh, Scott, why did you get on TikTok with the scoop? <laughs> well, you know, somebody told me that uh, 1.5 billion people have downloaded the TikTok app. Oh. And I was like, what, what, you know, um, I think actually really my son showed it to me first and I just, it's addictive. You start watching and, and they're hilarious and, you know, and then I'm like, I could do that. And, um, what a great way to just spread some joy and just make somebody laugh or smile. And then, you know, every other now, every now and then I throw in a, a video about our business or whatever, what we do. So, um, you know, 1.5 billion people, I feel like maybe can't be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> and people don't know, you know, if there's videos on there that you don't like, you just hold your finger on it and say, don't show me these again. It's really yeah. simple. And then after just a very short amount of time, you only have things in your feed that you want to see. And there's a lot of people on TikTok just, just spreading love and happiness and just, you know, making me laugh. And it's a great break in the middle of the day when you're so stressed out and so much going on. You can just hop on there and make a funny video and I had someone the other day say, how do you have time to make TikToks? I'm like, it's 15 seconds. Seriously, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that I can make you laugh. And, you know, I think, you know, life's just better if we're all laughing and, and making fun of ourselves and having a good time. 
Yeah, I agree. And I'm not sure if you, it sounds like you got on there more for the fun of it. But what's interesting about it is as we look at all these different social media platforms and how people are looking to get their message out, it's actually kind of a brilliant way for you to, people to get to know you, for you to get your message out and perhaps even funnel more people to, towards Blue Family Fund. Exactly. Because it's exactly. fun, it's light, and they get to know you. And I mean, I, I got, honestly, it's my highlight. I'm like, I'm scrolling through looking for Stacey. <laughs> That's so great. I haven't, so gone on it yet. I haven't gone on it yet, but I think I'm going to have to check it out. But yeah. um, my husband, yeah. my husband's like, oh my God, you're the worst lip syncer <laughs> in the world. I'm like, I don't care. I <laughs> think it's funny. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. So do you really, do you really use social media for your business? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, more for Blue Family Fund than, than uh, Point Blank Safety because Point Blank is sort of a niche market. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, uh, um, everything, we promote everything through Facebook and then when there is a fallen officer or injury officer, we're able to quickly go in and start set up a fundraiser. So, um, you know, people can donate right, right there and know exactly, you know, what that money is going for. So I, I, I do, I'm all over social media. I also, you know, I do podcast interviews. I, I speak at different places. Um, I've written a couple of books, so, um, it's a great way to get, get that known as well. Um, I have a cookbook yeah. right now on Amazon. So, Oh, yeah. what's your book? Tell us about your book. <laughs> Well, um, uh, it's a cookbook for um, busy badasses is, is the name of it. And it's recipes for success. So it sort of gives you step-by-step -step, um, recipes how to be successful. But then it also gives you real recipes, things you can make in under 30 minutes with stuff you already have in your cabinet. Because, you know, we're all busy and we're, you know, I talked about my mom earlier and, you know, she ran her stores for 44 years. She left every day before 7 a.m. and came home about 7 p.m. at night. And I never remember eating takeout ever. So she had a, a hot meal on the table every night. So it really can be done. And so the cookbook is sort of a, uh, um, in honor of her and, you know, how she was able to do that for 44 years. Um, I'm not saying everybody has to do that. But if you want some quick and easy recipes and a way to just um, get, get a warm, delicious meal on the table for your kids and know what the ingredients are, um, it's a great book. And then there's some funny stories in there as well. And some really great tips on how to be successful. Oh, that's great. So it's like a motivational handbook and a, literally a recipe book. So exactly. <laughs> on Amazon. I'm going to check it out. That's great. Yeah, I love it. Please do. Please do. Yeah. So you seem like you're a multi-passionate, like what, how, you, how do you find time to do all these things? <laughs> no, I, I, everyone always asks me that. I, I don't know. I, I, I always say I can get more done before 8 a.m. than most people can do all day. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's really true. I, I just, I'm a list maker. I make a lot of lists and I put the priorities at the top and I don't stop until they're done. I don't move anything to the next day. If, if it was on the list for today, unless something, you know, crazy happened, but it's going to get done. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't skip over the stuff I don't like, which a lot of people they make a list, but then they don't do the hard stuff. They don't do the things that, that aren't fun, like the payroll and the um, bookkeeping and the account. You know, I don't skip over that. I just power through and um, it just works for me. Uh, but everybody has their own stuff. Some people like to do time blocking. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just works for me. I, I take a lot of breaks, a lot of TikTok breaks. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it keeps me going. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you've got your systems. And do you get up early? Or are you an early riser? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. 
Yeah, so it seems like a lot of entrepreneurs I talk to, they do get up early. They're up before the sun rises, and that's a big part. And they have, some, some have rituals too. Some have like their daily rituals. Like, do you have any, well, you got your TikTok breaks, but do you have anything <laughs> to help start your day? Um, not really. I mean, I, I um, always, I guess I do really. I always go in and, and check the news. I check the, the um, local news as well as the national news always every morning um, just to, to stay in the loop, see what's happening in the world. And then um, pretty consistently always make my husband and I breakfast and, and then, it's, then it's straight to work. So we do take a few, few minutes in the morning to kind of regroup and get a game plan for the day sort of thing. Um, yeah. And, but yeah. And it sounds like you're the kind of person, you don't just think about it, you do it. Like you started your business, you, you got this book, you're like, I'm going to write this book and you did it and it's on Amazon. So you just kind right. of made it happen. It wasn't no excuses. You just got it done. Well, that works for me. Yeah. You know, I make decisions quickly. I'm either all in or I'm all out. And if I'm all in, I'm, I'm truly all in. <laughs> and I think really big, I have really big, um, you know, motivators, I guess, you know, my husband, you know, he's, he, he loves me to death, but he, you know, he'll say, Hey, Stacey, I'm maxed out. I'm at my max girl. If you want to go for that next project, you do it. I'll be behind you, but I'm at my max right now. And I respect that. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. At least you know where your max is. I'm not sure I, I know where my max is. <laughs> I, just, I just keep on going and people call me and say, what about this? Or what about that? And I'm like, well, let's do it. Mm -hmm. You know, go big or go home. And, yeah. um, how do you make those decisions? Like, how do you know you're all in or all out? Is it like, do you like feel it in your body in a certain place? Do you just get that hit in your, in your brain? I just get, yeah, I just get it. I just either see the vision or I don't. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, I've made some mistakes. Am I always right? No, for sure or not. Um, Are you froze you know, on me for a second. Say that, that, say that, that one more so time. Great, but, oh, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, you know, and, and some choices, you know, you realize quickly that they weren't the best and, and then you, um, you know, chalk it up to life and move on, but you can't, you can't stay in that, that failure or that mistake. You got to just move on and make up for it. And I think that a lot of people get really stuck on their failure or their, their trouble spot. And, you know, I, I just don't do that. I just, I just chalk it up to life and, and keep going. Well, before this business was a huge success, you talked about some businesses that didn't work. So how did you recover from those? We could call them failures or we could call them learning, learning points or lessons, whatever you want to call them. But how did you recover and decide to keep going? Well, it's life, right? You, you got to keep going. I mean, mm -hmm. and you just got to figure it out. And so there were some really low points. You know, uh, one of my first businesses was a lingerie store. Um, and I bought that store because my parents own retail stores. And so I just thought that's what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I must be supposed to have a retail store. And there was one for sale in Abilene. And so I bought it 23 years old, I think. And, um, I ran it for a while, not really knowing what I was doing. Um, and you know, was fairly successful, made a little money, but then Victoria's secret launches all over the United States and every shopping mall in America. And they could sell it for what I could buy it for. So I, I couldn't compete with Victoria's Secret mm -hmm. away. So I had to close. I had to go under. And, you know, was I really disappointed in myself and felt like a failure? Yeah, because look what my mom had done. She built herself up to six stores and, um, you know, had this massive success. And, and then I'm, I'm over here having to close mine. So, yeah, I was really hard on myself for a while. But then I found... 
outside sales um, and realize, oh my gosh, you can actually go get a sale and not sit back and wait for it to come to you, which was mind blowing for me. I never knew that was a thing. And, um, and then after that happened, I was on, I was really successful with a, a company called Nextel and we were on a, a company wide call and they were talking, you know, presenting me with, you know, an award or whatever my successes. And, um, the CEO said, you know, Stacy, if you're this successful with Nextel and Abilene, Texas, what could you do if you were in a bigger market? And it's funny and live. It's that one thing that someone says to you that sticks, you know, you just go, aha, <laughs> I should be in a bigger market. I can do bigger things than Abilene. So, um, yeah, that's how it all kind of mo kept moving me forward mm -hmm. um, to do better. Yeah. And it, and it reminds me too, that sometimes like those sort of failures or the things that don't work, they actually guide you closer to what you truly are meant to be doing. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like you weren't meant to be in that market or, you know, something, something bigger comes in and it guides you towards something way bigger than you ever would have even imagined. So it's almost like that's a great way to sort of brush yourself off and keep going is to look at that mm -hmm. and say, okay, this is my, my lesson or my reason to do what it is I'm meant to do next. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I say this all the time too. If I would have been this successful at 23, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have appreciated it or respected it like I do now. It, you know, I would have just thought it was, it was supposed to be like that. Um, you know, so I think so, sort of that mindset of envy, if you will, that I was in trying to have what my parents had, um, really pushed me forward to go get what, what I could do and, you know, go get my own success rather than trying to, you know, do what they did, if you will. Well, and that's a great way to look at comparison or to look at people who have more success than perhaps one does at a certain point and to, rather than feel jealous or feel comparison that puts you down, it's to to elevate yourself to that, to look at how can I do that and to ask the questions exactly. and, to re and to find the resources to reach out to people. So you can look at, well, what can I do to get there too? So it's right. sort of like a motivator. Right. And just like, I think I saw a Facebook meme the other day that said, you know, um, don't be jealous of someone when they're in their, their um, high years or high place because you don't know what they went through to get there. So absolutely. You, know, you got to just, um, if you don't know someone's story, you have no idea for sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's so true. So what would you say, what would be like your best advice you would give to someone who wants to have a legacy business like yours and perhaps wants to be able to start a nonprofit to give back to others? Best advice. Um, I think, you know, um, outsourcing a lot of things, making sure you have the perfect processes is the only way you can become a legacy business. You know, if you're the only one that can, um, you know, push the button to, to pay people or you're the only one that can write the check, um, it, it's never going to get to that point where you, where you could be a legacy. You've got to really fine tune the processes so that you could either sell or um, pass down to family or whatever. So you have to make sure, you know, I'm a big believer in outsourcing. I'm not good at everything. So find people that are good at what you're not and um, bring them along for the ride. You know, virtual assistants are, are huge now and you can get really talented people from just about anywhere. So yeah, you really have to have a perfect process, perfect plan. Um, you have to really respect the success 
Um, and of course, keep your books in order and all that kind of stuff so that mm -hmm. it is it is passable. But like I said, if you're the one doing everything, um, it's it's never going to be something you could pass down or, you know, if the, if the business can't run from day to day without you, there's something wrong. That's a really good point. It's like going from solopreneur to actual entrepreneur. Right. And I remember talking to a mentor at one point and he brought up the example of McDonald's or, or Starbucks and how, you know, when you go in, how it's going to taste, you know, the temperature it's going to be. And right. if you've ever, I worked at Starbucks when I was younger and there was processes for everything. Like you mm -hmm. measured it exactly every single time and that worked because then it could be replicatable. So how can your business be duplicatable? I think that's the right word. Du right. How can you duplicate it? Or like, let's say if you were to not be there, would it still run? I think those are great points for someone to be able to maybe surpass where they are to get to the, that next level of success. Right. And I hear a lot of people say, well, I can't afford to outsource. I can't afford. Well, you can't afford not to. Because mm -hmm. if, if you don't, you're never going to be scalable. You're never going to grow. Um, so sometimes you have to take that leap of faith yeah. and say, hey, if I, as long as it's the right people and you put them in the right jobs, and, you know, I made the mistake of assuming people know what's in my head. People don't know. You know? They don't? How <laughs> no. do they not know what's in your head? You have, to, you have to give clear definitions of expectations of, mm -hmm. you know, what you want them to do. They can't read your mind. Yeah. So, you know, I learned that one the hard way. So, you know, if you find the right people and you give them the right tools, um, and then that frees you up to go get the revenue or, you know, make the sale. Or if you're not the salesperson, hire someone that is hire someone that can really be the face, you know, of your company. But, you know, another big takeaway I want for people is that so many people get hung up on the sale. Um, I can't sell. I'm not good at selling, selling so hard. It's not, it's a conversation that you want to have an outcome. That's all. It's just a conversation. I can tell you three minutes into a conversation, with someone if I'm ever going to sell them, you know? Um, but then at that point, I'm not looking to sell them. I'm looking, who do they know? Who can they connect me to? You know, we're all whatever it is, six degrees away from each other. So it's a small world. So you just really got to figure out, you know, have those conversations and have as many as possible during, you know, the first few years of your business. And, and that's, what's going to take you to the next level. Right. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. So there's a lot of trust, and knowing yourself, knowing your strengths, and also being able to being willing to let go so that your business can grow. It's like you have right. to let go so your business can grow. Right, right. You can't well, do it all. So you gotta you gotta <laughs> admit admit where you're where you're good, know where you're good, and and stick to that. And then find someone that can do all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, it's a pleasure talking with you. As Thank we you so much. Wrap up here. I just want to be able to point people to how best they can find you. Where do you want people to go to find, to find you, to find Blue Family Fund? Yeah, it's bluefamilyfund.org or just at Blue Family Fund on Facebook. Um, you can donate. We have a donate button right on our page. We also have um, t-shirts and, and different kinds of um, support the police and back the blue items that you can purchase if you'd you know, rather do it that way. Um, but yeah, we, we would really appreciate your support. We're, we're, you know, every day there's, there's another fallen or injured officer. So, um, every dollar definitely helps. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I am definitely going to check out your book on Amazon, bluefamilyfund.org and find you on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do. Go follow me. All right, thank well, you thank so you much, Stacey. Yeah. Appreciate it.
Thanks so much for joining us and listening in to Stacey McGovern talk about creating a multi-million dollar business and a legacy business where she was able to now fund her own nonprofit. Again, you can find Blue Family Fund at bluefamilyfund.org. And I highly suggest having a little fun and breaking up your day by checking out Stacy on TikTok. As a thank you for listening, I have a gift for you, a complimentary meditation to release your fears and take action towards your dreams. You can access this by going to my bit.ly link. It's bit.ly backslash Steph Zito coach sign up. That's bit.ly backslash Steph Zito coach sign up. Here's to turning your passions into profits.